Carlsbad, people, purpose, and impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. My name is Brett Schonsenbach, president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber, and I'm your host this afternoon. And today, I'm, I have an extra special guest, Mr. J.R. Phillips. J.R. is president of Phillips & Company Real Estate and also chair of our board of directors. JR, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, good to have you. So let's start with some real estate stuff. You've been owner or president of Phillips & Company Real Estate, looks like for over 21 years. Is that about right? Yeah, that actual company we've had in business for almost 15 years. Okay. Um, in the Carlsbad area, small boutique residential real estate business with 10 agents on staff uh, that serves mostly North County, San Diego, but we do a lot of business throughout the county. Sure. Occasionally get into Riverside, occasionally get into Orange County. And what? how did you morph into real estate? Well, it was pretty simple for me. Um, in my first career, I owned a wholesale business, and I traveled all over the country, and I was only home about two weeks a month. Ooh. And when that business began to transition, when we needed to transition and get out of that business, my partners and I, I wanted to find something that would keep me at home. Yeah. Um, I had a young daughter, and we were planning to expand our family mm. and traveling for two to three weeks a month. No longer, you know, unless you talk to my wife, it, it wasn't <laughs> so good. But uh, so I wanted to explore something where I could serve people at a community level, yeah. and I could be home, and I could kind of set my own hours. I kind of knew the type of lifestyle I wanted, and that's what I pursued. Yeah, excellent. And I like what you just said there, how you could serve the community. And I follow you on the different social media things. And I know you take that concept of serving the community through what you do very seriously. So talk about that, your philosophy as a realtor and well, a broker. My, my philosophy is pretty simple. If you're going to take from somebody or something, you should be prepared to give back. And I don't like to oversimplify it, but really that's the easiest way to, to discuss it is we take a very good living from our community, and we've worked hard for that. We've built a reputation, we have a client base, and we serve them really, really well. So I believe we earn that living. But if we're going to take that great living and this wonderful lifestyle and enjoy being part of this community, I was always brought up and mentored that you leave something better than you found it. And it's really that simple. We, we want to make sure that we're a light and we're a benefit to our community. And in order to be on our team, you have to demonstrate that you have those same traits, that I'm not going to tell you where you need to spend your time, your treasure, your resources, but you need to demonstrate that you're going to be a giver and you're going to be out there in the community and be active in giving back. Love it. And we're going to cycle back to that part. But I know you also take that very seriously in how you service your real estate clients and um, your attitude towards them as well. We do. We kind of balk at the word transaction, which mm -hmm. is a part of our business. It's a, it's a vocabulary word in our business. We like to work more in an advisory role. We're a group that prides itself in its transparency and working with all of the trusted advisors that may be in that inner circle with those clients or client. And we like to work closely with everyone. We want to make sure that we're giving them the most seamless experience that reduces the anxiety that comes with what is generally the largest financial decision in most people's lives. And we want to make sure that as they go through it, 
they can trust us, they know that they're getting the advice that they need, and that we really are working in a fiduciary manner representing their best interest. And if we do that, and we create the right systems and processes behind the scenes that make it as seamless as possible, we'll get more business, we'll have success, and most importantly, our clients will enjoy the process. I like how you said try to make it as seamless as possible because real estate, I feel like every year real estate transactions get more complex. They do. I mean, the best example is I have family that live in Florida and Virginia and Indiana and other states, and they'll call me for advice. Sure. Most of those states deal with an attorney-based escrow. The agents do very, very little work other than getting the home to the attorney, which Mm. then really buttons everything up. Their files are about an eighth of an inch thick. If we were, we we don't use paper files anymore, but if we were, be about an eighth eighth of an inch thick. And in California, if we were to actually continue to print our files out, they would be about an inch and a half thick. So true. It's ridiculous. So there's a lot more that goes on. There's a lot more sophistication in our industry in California. Yeah. It's, It's a much more complex industry than in other states. So while we're on this topic, I mean, I can't ever let the opportunity go when I'm talking to people in the real estate business. Is it a good time to buy? Well, I believe it's always a good time to buy. And I know that people who might hear that say, well, that's rather self-serving. But I, I can sit down with multiple clients who have purchased or who haven't purchased in the last five, six, seven, eight, 10 years. The ones who haven't gotten on the Southern California real estate train regret it. Yeah. Those are the ones that are trying to time the market, interest rates, inventory. Yeah. Time. They're, they're always, they always think that there's going to be a better lily pad to jump onto. And history shows us that the Southern California real estate market just continues to go up. Yeah. There's limited supply. You have an ocean on one side. You have a <laughs> desert on the other side. It, it There really is an island in San Diego. You've got Mexico, Camp Pendleton, the desert, the ocean. There's only so much that can be built out, supply and demand. Um, so I believe there's always a good time to buy. Now, of course, we have to deal with that on a hyper-local, you know, yes. a personal level. And if they plan on moving in two years or they're looking at transferring jobs, we need to know all of that because yeah. maybe then the advice would be to hold off. But when you talk to the people who are glad that they got in and they didn't care that they had a 6.5, like, for example, a year and a half ago, they had a 7% interest rate. They got in. They weren't happy about it. They knew they didn't get the best interest rate. But their house is worth today about 7% more than it was a year and a half ago. Mm. And eventually, they're going to be able to refinance Refinance. that loan, get a little bit better. So I'm always pretty bullish on Southern California real estate. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like you said, once you get in, once you get your foot in the door, you're going to have options. And you know, I was looking at some statistic recently that was talking about, um, and this is nationwide, but it's definitely true here as well, is um, the generational wealth always involves real estate. Always does. Always. It, it, it always does. And we deal with so many clients. And that's having been in the business now for nearly 20 to 23 years, whatever it is, I, I lost track. I'm now working with my client's kids, Mm. my client's grandkids. My team is serving my client's kids and grandkids. And we're quite often dealing with 1031 exchanges and trust and probate situations where the houses are being transferred or inherited. And you can just see where someone might have been a school teacher or a police officer, or they may have been a plumber. They don't, and the level of wealth that has been accumulated through Southern California real estate, they may own one home, they may own two, three, four, five. 
and what they're able to transfer to their family. It, the generational transfer of wealth in Southern California re- real estate is a real incredible thing. For sure. I want to touch on something here. You were one of the earliest adopters of our corporate kindness initiative when we started that a couple years back with our friends at Kids for Peace. And this was, you know, for those in our listening audience who aren't familiar with that, it's bringing this this concept of kindness that's been very strong in our schools, the Great Kindness Challenge and stuff like that, and trying to bring it into a, a cultural shift in corporate America. And I think you were like first or second to sign up and say, yep, um, count me in. So talk about that, you know, from your perspective and why that's important and why you did that. It's pretty easy. You know, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have do done to you. It is so easy in this world to be inundated with negative information. It's so easy to be anxious or upset. We really strive and I really lead from a place that we want a happy environment, a kind environment. We we have a culture within Phillips & Company where we work really well together as a team, even though there's no reason for us to, but a rising tide lifts all boats. And when I saw the Kids for Peace corporate initiative come out, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, I think at any time you can recognize your business and promote your business as someone who takes being kind to others seriously— it's a no-brainer. That's what you want to be part of. And I think we could all use a lot more kindness and, and just consideration for others in this in this world. So true. Very, very well said. All right, we're going to take a quick pause. We're talking to J.R. Phillips, the president of Phillips & Company Real Estate and chair of our board of directors. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about some more community engagement things and things coming up with the chamber this year. So stay with us. I wanna take a moment to introduce you to our partners at Diff Mix Productions. They are a top tier podcast management company that makes podcasting as easy as making a cup of coffee in your own kitchen. Diff Mix specializes in launching new podcasts and maintaining existing ones right from the comfort of your own home. No need to step into a studio or even change out of your pajamas. They've got the tech handled so you can focus on sharing your message. Whether you're a coach, trainer, salesperson, or someone who's just starting to explore the world of podcasting, Diff Mix is here to help. They'll transform your podcast into a powerful lead generation tool without overwhelming you with the technical side of things. Ready to start your own podcast? Visit diffmix.com. The link is in the show notes. Let Diff Mix handle the tech while you handle the talk. Now back to our show. So, JR, we were talking before um, about your philosophy about being engaged in the community, and you've definitely lived that, um, super engaged in things like the Carlsbad Educational Foundation, uh, Rotary High Noon, um, here at the Chamber for sure, uh, probably other things that I don't have uh, listed here. Share where you initially got that attitude towards service. You might have touched on it a little bit. And then why in general, regardless of whether you're in real estate or or somebody listening is in real estate, why everybody you think should follow this? Again, we did talk about it a little earlier. And I just believe if you're going to enjoy a community, if you're going to be part of a community that makes your living there, which you're taking from that community, Mm. that you need to be giving back to that community. And for me personally, I can't speak to others. 
I personally do better internally. I call it my saying for it is soulful goodness. I feel better deep down inside if I know every Friday I look back on my week. That's one of my reflective things that I do every Friday. And I ask myself, there's several things on my list, but I ask myself, particular to this topic, what did I do this week for others? Mm. What did I give back to my community? Mm. And there are Fridays early on where I would say I didn't do enough or I didn't do anything. So I just kind of came up with a plan. I budget for it. I calendar for it. And that way it's in my systems and my processes. And it's rather seamless. Um, That sounds very tactical and transactional, but it's actually by doing that, it allows me to be very free in my efforts. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, You know, I've heard it said somewhere like, uh, show me your day timer and I'll show you what you value, right? And so you're mm-hmm. you're putting right into your your schedule for your week or your day opportunities to give back and and to engage the community. So no, that that doesn't sound transactional at all. It just it sounds intentional. Like yes. it, this isn't just exactly. like you know uh, something that oh if it pops up I'll do something good. No, you're gonna. I love that and. I, I was also uh, very interested how you said that that's something like a lens you look through as you add people to your team, you know, like they got to kind of fit, not that you, you know, mandate what they get engaged in, but that that's their mentality is community engagement. That's phenomenal. So last year, let's talk about the chamber for a little bit, by the way, thank you for serving as chair. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoy it. I uh, appreciate it. I know we we joke in the chamber about uh, everybody's favorite title is uh, past chair. <laughs> so so I know the year of being chair uh, has its uh, extra things involved, but I really do appreciate it. So last year, you know, we were blessed. We celebrated our centennial here at the Carlsbad Chamber. Absolutely amazing, right? To have been here a hundred years and you were very involved in that. But as we go into a new year, our... our Next century, here we go. Um, you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, partnerships and that kind of a motif. Um, tell us what you see as, a, as important for us. Well, I, I see the world is ever-changing. And I, I always ask my team and any of the other organizations or entities that I get involved with, are you doing things the same way today that mm-hmm. you were doing them four years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? If the answer is yes, most often you're not delivering the value proposition or the service that your customer or targeted partner needs. Things are just changing. The way we communicate, the way we interact, it's what companies need in order to be successful is different than what they needed four or five years ago. So as an organization here at the Chamber, I think we've all challenged each other on the leadership team to look at that. Now that we're coming out of that COVID tunnel where the staff, yourself, through your leadership and the the executive team and the board of directors has done a magnificent job to maintain this organization through a very difficult time, we're now coming out of that COVID tunnel where we need to get back into a growth mindset. And we've really set our sights this year on increasing our top-line revenue. And how do we do that? Well, we're going to go out and we're going to go on a listening tour. We're going to ask partners, potential partners, and current partners and members, what do you need in terms of a relationship with your Chamber of Commerce? What value do we need to bring you? And when you take that approach, you quite often find out exactly the direction you need to go. The old saying, as I've explained to you over many uh, conversations, one of my mentors told me years ago, 
you're doing great, JR, in, in your business, but the sooner you realize that you need to sell them what they want and not what you have, you're going to go to another level. And he was right. But that It sounds so transactional, but what he was talking about, the sooner you begin to listen to your client more and you bring more value to what they're looking for. And so we're really trying yourself, the executive team with me, we're trying to look at how we communicate with potential larger partners and current partners, and how do we bring that value to them? How do we show them that we really do bring value? We're not just a chamber that just holds small networking cocktail parties and everything. We're advocating. We're connecting. We're involved in heavy-duty legislative issues. We have the resources to have impact. We're the second largest chamber in the county. And how we're communicating that and how we're interacting with those businesses, I think you would agree with me. We're learning these first few weeks of the year how to do that better. And I think if you can step out of your, this is what I have, and we are second in the county, and we're really good, and we win awards, and go more on a humble, humility-based listening tour, you'll grow, and you'll get better. And I think that's what we're doing, and I think we're finding quickly we have some incredible opportunities, and we're, we're doing quite well with it. Yeah, obviously, you hit the nail on the head, and and you've been, as you already pointed out, you've been sharing this for a while, but the listening is the key, right? Yes, we do X, Y, Z things really well, and here we are, you know, second largest in the county, but just focusing on that, you know, isn't helping the needs of our members. So, yeah, we've been talking to some some different people and had some great sessions. We, uh, I want to let our audience know where we have other listening sessions coming up for uh, focus groups that we're going to be doing this year. I'm very excited about that. We're able to get our city manager to come in as well so we can listen from the chamber perspective and advocate for them when they bring up their issues with the city as well. So that's um, – I'm – Really excited about that. And and Kathleen and I are going to get back out to our surprise patrol, which is when we just go visit members and just say, how are things going? Yeah, you know, and great. I love those, you know. So, yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a, a fantastic year of listening. And, you know, as you pointed out, we, we do a lot of things well, but we need to hear from them how we can add value. And so, again, as you said, we're off to a great start. And uh, that is very exciting. But uh, so you know, we're we're mid January, so this is this is going to be a fantastic year. I wanted to just circle back a tiny bit on something people might not know about you. You, you touched on years ago making a career change because of a your little daughter, but now you got three in college at the same time. <laughs> I do, I do, <laughs> including twin boys and uh, your daughter, who's I think uh, going to be graduate college this year. So uh, that's kind of exciting. Talk about them a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've been blessed with an incredible partner and wife, um, and we've been blessed ourselves with three wonderful kids. Um, and we're empty nesters officially this yeah. year. We've got two freshmen. Our twin boys started their college careers. And then we have our older daughter who will be graduating from college this spring. And they're all unique in their own way. And it's just been a wonderful journey. We've been blessed with tremendously good health, which I never take for granted. Mm. And they're all finding their own paths, and they're all just so individual and so unique. And I know your children are yeah. very unique and different in their, their ways. And I think that's what's so neat. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... It's just wonderful, and we have great relationships with them. I do miss them, yeah. but um, at the end of the day, 
we raise them to leave. That's yeah. that's what we're that's what we're doing. I know. So the more successful you are and good at raising them, the better they're going to be at leaving, and it's yeah. one of the realities we have to deal with. No, that's exciting though. Having all three there, I know um, your daughter's up at Berkeley. I think she is. She's Senior. about yeah. She's about to graduate with a double major awesome. um, at Berkeley and a minor in Spanish. She's in heavy in the interviewing process, and she's that's sounds exciting. like she's about to start to see some offers coming across her her desk, and uh, we're excited to see where she lands. She's a real go-getter. And then I just, I love the twin boys story. So one's golfing and focusing on golf, and the other one's in maritime stuff. Yeah, we've we've got one son who has never really, he's never quite known what his, I call it the get down. What's your get down? What's your want to? What do you want to do? And Fair enough. He was a kid. He was a young sure. man. He didn't know what he wanted. And last spring, he came walking into the family room, and he had his laptop, and he looked at his mother and I and said, you know, I think I want to go check this place out. And we're like, wow, Cal State Maritime, Cal State University Maritime Academy. We'd never heard of it. We yeah. started researching it, went up there, and he's just found his get down. He's That's found excellent. his thing. He's excelling. He's doing phenomenal up there. He's ultimately one day wants to captain ships, so and that's cool. the track that he's on. And his twin brother, who is nothing like him, they're complete yeah. polar opposite, except that they both love to golf. They had a lot of success in high school as golfers. His, and by the way, Cam is playing NAIA golf up yeah. at Cal Maritime. Um, he's on their golf team, which isn't as competitive as his, what his brother has gone to play at Willamette University in Salem, Oregon, on a top 20 ranked team, wow. Division Three, very competitive golf. And he's... He's up early in the morning working out. He's doing two golf practices a day. He's he's finding out what college sports is all about yeah. at a high level if you want to be competitive. And he's going to study some sort of business degree. I think he's going to they they offer a 4-1 MBA oh, wow. program. So he's probably going to take a year off and travel abroad like his sister did and then he'll probably come back and finish his MBA there Fantastic. and finish his golf career and so he lands. Ah, super fun. Well, that's great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come down and share with us about um, life and business, chamber, everything. I'm looking forward to 24. It's already off to a great start, and uh, the best is yet to come. It sure is. It sure is. I, I enjoy working with everyone here, and I just hats off to the staff and all the members. We've got a remarkable member base, which we're always working to grow, but we couldn't do what we do at this Chamber of Commerce. We couldn't be the second largest. We couldn't be winning awards if it wasn't for this tremendous membership base and this incredible staff who it's a staff of around nine or 10 that does the work of about 40. And I just I want to make sure that that gets out there, that it is just remarkable what we accomplish as an organization. They do uh, they do accomplish a lot, small but mighty. They yes. Are for sure. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for joining us today on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast. If you got value out of our episode today, please hit the follow button on your favorite podcast app and please tell a friend. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact.